0: producers in Nebraska. I'm your host, Carol Waters, and with me this week is Cindy Bryson, Extension Educator in Douglas Sarpy County for Food Nutrition and Health. And Cindy's here to talk today about cottage food laws and how it applies to commercial producers. So, welcome, Cindy. Thank you for having me.
1: So, to start with, what is cottage food? So cottage food, um, it, it, as of last year, every state in the United States has a cottage food law. So that means somebody from their house can make a, an item, a food item, depending upon the law for the state, and they can sell it from their homes. And, and every state's regs are different. In Nebraska, you make something that's not, um, it, it's called a non-TCS food, so it means it, it doesn't have to be refrigerated, doesn't have to be frozen, it's shelf-stable, and you make it and you sell it directly to the consumer. So you might sell it from your home, you might bail it, you might sell it at a farmer's market or a bazaar craft fair, something like that.
0: And so, how does that
1: um, pertain to our growers out there so the, in two thousand and nineteen, the bill went through with the understanding that people um, that, that we have lots of we have forty percent of our population living in three counties since and the rest of the population lives in the other Ninety counties or ninety plus counties. So, um, so it was a way for people who lived in rural areas to make some extra money, especially if they were farming, or um, and it and it was a way to kind of decrease food deserts. So, so the initial thought behind the bill was that what we found is that you know people from all over the state. In what did I? I just heard a statistic yesterday. In 83 out of the 93 counties, there are there's somebody who is a cottage food producer. There's over a thousand cottage food producers in the state of Nebraska as of this month. That's amazing. It is, and and these are very entrepreneurial, very um, people with great ideas and lots of talent. You know, anywhere from selling cookies to cupcakes.
0: Great, and I know that there are some foods that are allowed and some foods that aren't.
1: So, what's allowed? So, anything that is <clears throat> anything that is shelf stable. So, um, they allow jellies that are clear that are made with pectin and sugar, but not jams. Um, that's probably the only thing in a jar that they can sell. Honeys, as long as it came from your hives, or whipped honey, but nothing flavored. Um, obviously, baked goods, cookies pies um, fruit pies no cream pies nothing that have to be refrigerated um, bread and during the pandemic sourdough bread was the number one item sold in nebraska for cottage food producers so that was, that was pretty amazing. Anything that's shelf-stable. So we have people growing their own herbs and dehydrating them and making their own herb mixes. We have people that um, are selling popcorn and they're, they're grinding their own coffees and, and their own teas. You know, dry. They can't sell them rehydrated. But anything like that. Popcorn is real popular. Um uh, snack mixes, anything like the cakes. Um, people selling, you know, birthday cakes that aren't, that don't have cream cheese in them. That have, if they're going to decorate the top with fruit, it's not cut. Uh, anything like that. So lots of Christmas cookies were huge. There are a lot of people that are seasonal producers, and they'll do Christmas cookies. And last year at Christmas, you know, some of the people that were. There's some people that are just so talented. They have eight dollars a cookie for a Christmas cookie, which is which is you know what you set your price, you you find your market. It's out there. I'm I'm impressed. And I know charcuterie
0: boards have been really popular, too, and so there's a lot of that. (laughs) There's a lot of
1: that. So what happens is people think that they're a cottage food producer. They can sell a charcuterie board, and no, you can't. And yes, somebody will turn you in at some point in time. So yes, you can sell a dessert charcuterie board. Those are very popular with with, um, cookies and candies, things like that on it. Really popular. So yeah, charcuterie boards, those were... Those were a point of question around Christmas this year. So, Besides the charcuterie boards, what, what's on the prohibited list? What should people be staying away from? So anytime you would cut a piece of fruit. So people want to bake a cake and then fan strawberries out on the top? No. Once it's cut, it becomes a potentially hazardous or a TCS food that needs to be refrigerated. Um, no. Right now we're in the can I make chocolate-covered strawberry mode? No. Because once you dip the strawberry in the chocolate, it becomes... Something you have to refrigerate. Um, it heats up the fruit, and you have to refrigerate it. So anything, anything possible, like a, a pumpkin pie or a, a banana bread. One would think, well, banana bread is baked, but banana bread has a very high water activity, and it, it, it can go, it can go bad quickly. So you, know, you have to be really careful. Um, people want to sell kombucha, kombucha. People want to sell fermented items. You can't sell fermented items. You can't sell you can't sell iced tea. You can't sell sun tea. You can't, for a while it was real popular, people wanted to sell, you put sun tea out in the sun and you dump a whole bunch of cut fruit in it. So sun tea, if it's not brewed appropriately, can make you very sick and adding cut fruit to it just made it worse. So, you know, things like that. Any Anything, anything with cream cheese in it, you want to sell kolaches, great, put fruit in them. You want to sell kolaches with cream cheese, not so much, you know, not today. So anything anything like that. Um, but every day somebody comes up with a new idea, and, and sometimes we have to call food science, sometimes we have to call the health department, um, or we call the, the Department of Ag is on speed dial, so we, we have them down. Um, and, and they're great. They're great to work with. It's made for a great collaboration with us, too. Um.
0: So for producers who are interested in cottage foods, what are the labeling requirements? Because
1: I know that's an important part of it currently. It, it is. So the whole point of labeling is traceability. So if you go to South the Farmer's Market and you you sell cookies, they have to be labeled with your name and address as the producer, and that's the person who's registered. And then, then after that, it should have the name of what you're selling. So if it's sourdough bread, hopefully it says sourdough bread on it. After that... There really is no legal requirements. If you want to put down allergens, you can. If you want to put down ingredients, you can. One of the things you do have to have if you're selling at a farmer's market is a sign saying, please be aware this was made in a a non- you know, in a kitchen that wasn't surveyed by the health department. There's, there's a specific phrase they put in. Um, if, they're, if they're selling from their home, they need that phrase there or they need to put it on everything they sell. So the people are aware that this is not made in a, in a kitchen that has been surveyed.
0: Okay. Um, so say I'm a producer. I want to make jelly. I have a strawberry patch and I'm going to make jelly with it. What do I need to do to get certified or to go through a training? What
1: what options are there out there? So to become a cottage food producer is super easy. And, and we try to make it... Um, as not cost prohibitive as possible. So you the first thing you need to do is you need to take an approved food safety course. And in Lincoln, Lancaster County, they have one you can take online. Um, if, if not, you can take, um, we have our course here at UNL, it's $25, and you take it, and right now the bill says you take the course, you register with the Department of Ag, you're done. So you take the course once, it's online, it takes you about an hour, it's pretty simple, it's mostly just reading through all the, all the regulations and how to wash your hands and how to keep things clean in your kitchen, you can't have kids in diapers or pets around while you're preparing your food, I mean it's all very common sense, and then when you're done... You fill out a survey, it gives you a certificate, it gives you the website to go to for the Department of Ag, you register, there's no cost. And, and within an hour and a half or two hours, you can be a cottage food producer. Probably takes you long to make whatever you're selling than it does to become one. Okay, so I
0: know that you've kind of led the charge from UNL's standpoint of getting people educated. And I know that you're the, the go-to person so what's the most common call you get uh, regarding cottage foods?
1: Um, probably people asking specifics, where can I sell this? Can I sell X? Um, <clears throat> last fall, honey was a huge question. Well, can I sell honey? Yes, if it's from your own hives. Well, what happens if I sell my honey to somebody else? Can they se- can they sell it? No. Um, can I add flavoring to it? No, because any process that is, involves processing... Adds a step where, where adulteration can happen and the food can become unsafe. So, in the truest form, you bake a loaf of bread, you use some gloves, you put it in a bag, you seal it all up when it's cool, you label it, you sell it. You know, the chances of, of you making somebody sick or the chances of it going bad as far as causing any bacterial growth are pretty low it's when you start adding ingredients that you probably shouldn't. You know, you're adding cheeses and onions, and you're adding, you want to add meat to focaccia bread, or you want to add, you know, things that that are not shelf-stable. So um, honey is a big one. Last summer, selling different kinds of flavored teas. Well, I want to put it in bottles. No, you can sell the leaves. The leaves, you can sell... You know, tea mixes, you just can't sell it because then it needs to be refrigerated. Um, places where people want to know where they can go to get their, get their foods tested for water activity and pH. And we have some labs we can send them to. They're, they're a producer that has a well. They need to test their well yearly. That's part of, that's part of the regulation. Um, can I sell here? Can I mail it here? Um, this, these are my favorite questions last summer. I live on the Nebraska Kansas border, and people come over the border for lunch. Can I sell to them? Yes. You're selling in Nebraska, it's fine. But they take it back to Kansas. Yes, that's fine too, you're good. Um, I want to sell in Colorado. Then you have to follow Colorado's rules. I want to sell in Iowa, because we get a lot of people that want to come over from Council Bluffs. Well, people from Council Bluffs have to follow our rules, and they have to follow, if we go over to Council Bluffs, we have to follow their rules. And then we go one step further, people want to know, well, I'm in this county, what are my regulations? well, check with your local health department because here are the state regulations but then like in Lincoln, Lancaster and Douglas County then we have some other things going on too you know, a, a, different, a different way to register once you're done um, another form to fill out things like that okay. it, you know, the cottage food industry these, these are some really some really impressive people, there's a, a website no, there's a Facebook um, group, what is it? I can't remember. It's something f- with food. There's a couple of them out there. And anyway, it's following people. So a lot of people that have cottage food um, businesses are are really. Th- that's one of the places they might advertise, or somebody purchases something from them, mm-hmm. and then um, and then they get somebody gets on that website or that Facebook page and says, "Hey, I just had this from so and so, and it was great." And so. It starts, to, it starts to build, and a lot of people have, um, we do an impact survey for the last two years over all of the people because we've had, to date, we've probably had over 800 people, 800 of the producers take our class. So they're kind, and they let me send them a survey in November and say, hey, how do we do? What's going on? And um, a majority of the people sell from their home or a farmer's market. Those are the two biggest places. Um, a, a large percentage of people make $1,000 or less a year, and they're seasonal. So maybe they just sell Christmas cookies. Maybe they don't. Um, there's a large amount of people who do it as a hobby. But, the, but the, probably between a hobby and, and doing it as a side income is probably the two biggest reasons people do it. Uh, We do have, I will tell you, probably a handful of people have done it because they wanted to test the waters to see... Hey, you know this is this is something. Maybe I want a brick and mortar building, and and we've sent them on to places that can help them do that. Um, we have lots of connections with the Culinary Institute here in Omaha, or some of the places that have kitchens they can rent, like no more empty pots. We we work with people, and and I I find that our job with Extension is to help them be successful. If that's what they want to do, then we'll help them we'll help them figure out what hoops they have to follow through.
0: So what is that? threshold between the cottage food
1: and then going up to commercial kitchen? Like, When, when does that jump happen? That is an excellent question. So um, I heard a lady yesterday say that her business, and she does a lot of baked goods, has quadrupled in the last two years, which... Is very impressive. I mean, the the cottage food industry blossomed during the pandemic. That was that was the big thing. Um, when you get to the point where you want to no longer you want to sell foods that have to be refrigerated or foods that have to be processed, then you go to the next level. Then you need a, a kitchen that has been surveyed. You need you need a licensed kitchen. So that would be our charcuterie board, folks, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And and um, my understanding is we have a very popular young man here in town that has a brick and mortar building that does his charcuterie boards. He's very um, very good at it. So so it's wonderful to see people move on and do things like that. And and we try to from our standpoint here at Extension, you know, I send all these people that have taken the class, hey, during the summer. East Campus has this great, this great farmer's market. You want to test out to see if you're going to do well at the farmer's market, but you, don't, you just want to test it, it's no charge to go to this place three times, June, July, August. You go, you set up a booth, you see if your stuff sells. It works really well. You're not out anything but some time. And the people that I've talked to that have gone there or I have witnessed being there, you know, they'll sell out in the first hour. They're like, we should have made more. This was really great. We, this was, and, and that's wonderful for me to see because then they're doing really well. And those we want to help. We're here to help people. But we're also here from the food safety standpoint that please don't be surprised if I tell you, no, that's not going to work. Sure. So
0: for those folks that are trying to slide under the radar and maybe doing this, as a hobby, but not, ha- hasn't gotten certified yet, what could potentially happen? Because um, s- you said they, they might get caught,
1: or they probably will get caught or turned in. Um, you know, then the health department or the department, depending upon their county, in Douglas County, the health department will talk to them. In Lincoln-Lancaster, the health department will talk to them. And in Hall County, the health department will talk to them. What happens after that? It could be a a ticket. It could be a, hey, please stop doing this. Um, Any other county, the Department of Ag will talk to you. And and again, it could be a ticket. It could be, hey, just stop doing it. Um, I saw one person on this Facebook page that had posted one day, "Hey, the health department caught me. I can no longer sell charcuterie boards. So, personal message me." Um, the health department lists those sites too. Really, guys. The and and the the laws are set up to protect because a lot of so a lot of questions that we get that I have to send them on because I don't work with that part is. Hey, do I need to be an LLC? What kind of insurance, liability insurance, do I need to have? Hey, do I need to pay sales tax? All those questions, like, those are very, very important questions you need to figure out before you start selling. Because liability is huge. You're making it from your home. You're selling it from your home. And if they come after you, it is your home. It is, it is totally on you. It's not on a business. It's not on anybody else. So, you know, we, we are very serious about food safety.
0: So those are conversations they need to be having with their insurance folks, with a lawyer, possibly, depending on the LLC,
1: if they want to start that. The IRS. The IRS. The Department of (laughs) Revenue. Um, You know, we have questions. One of the questions that came up last week I thought was very interesting. Somebody called and said, can I sell my cottage food from a food truck? Hmm. Well, it doesn't say you can't sell it from a food truck as long as it's cottage foods and you're the person selling it. That is a big question we get. People will call and say, hey, I make great cinnamon rolls. And the local beauty shop in town wants to sell my cinnamon rolls to the people that come. And and no, you can't do that unless you're sitting in the beauty shop selling those cinnamon rolls personally. So a lot of people have their businesses grown. So one person is, is licensed or is registered. You don't get licensed with the state. You're registered. And that person is registered. So let's say mom is registered. But she needs some help now. So mom can have as many people in the kitchen as she wants, having having them help her as long as she's in the kitchen to maintain that food safety and to make sure they're following all the, the steps. But we've had lots of people that have, yeah, can my can my sister, can my so-and-so come help me? Sure. As long as you're there. And in the end, you have to be the one passing off the food directly to the consumer.
0: So if somebody wanted their family member to, to man the booth at the farmer's market, then they would need to get or registered as well. Yep, definitely. So another $25. Yes. It's
1: a good insurance policy. It is an excellent insurance policy because you've, when you register with the Department of Ag, it says, what, did, what food safety course did you take? And initially when the for, when the bill came out, they were taking a, like a food handler's course that was built specifically for a restaurant person. Well, we created it to be for a farmer, for somebody who goes to a farmer's market, for somebody who is a cottage food producer. Because we talk about, hey, this is a picture of how to set up a three compartment sink in your house hey, this is, this is how you should store things in your fridge, and did you know your temperature should be this, and did you know that things should be six inches off the floor? And you still need to follow these specifics and wash your hands and put on a Band-Aid and a glove if you have a cut. And, and just some real basics. You know the the one about you one of the one of the requirements is you can't be doing anything else in your kitchen when you're making cottage foods. So you can't be folding laundry, you can't be making dinner, you can't be doing anything else but cottage foods.:
0: So if I'm at a farmer's market and I've made sourdough bread, can I give
1: samples away of that? You can. That's a good question. In fact, I just have that on my email today. <laughs> I have to go back and answer that. You can. Um, you want to make sure that it's set up in a way that um, it, that a person taking a sample can't contaminate the rest of the samples. So you don't. You don't want to set you know, like pieces out on a, on a tray and have everybody handle it. You might want to put it in little sample cups, or you might want to put in sample cups with a lid on it so it's easier for you to transport because maybe you don't want to be. if If you are cutting it up at the farmer's market, then that's going to be a problem. You should cut it up beforehand. Before you leave, it should be in containers that keep it all safe to transport and then safe to hand out. And then, or, or you can have a bowl with a pair of tongs and put it on a napkin and hand it to somebody, you know, something like that, just so somebody can't contaminate the whole bunch. So you don't have that kid touching all of them. <sighs> yes. <laughs> like kids are apt to do. And, and that is, that 99% of the time is the problem. Or somebody's dog gets overzealous and jumps up on the table and eats it, then you have to throw it all away.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: No, that's an excellent question. We do get that one a lot,
0: I'm sure. Any take-home messages that you want producers to really understand and and take away from this
1: podcast today? I, I, I think that, um, that the Department of Ag and the local health departments and extension is here to help them be successful, and um, it's not hard to be a cottage food producer. I will tell you now that people that are registered as a cottage food producer when they start to see people that aren't registered they do turn you in i i will tell you that straight up i've had people send me pictures of people's houses and what they're selling and and you know it's not that hard it's and and if you sell a great product you know people are going to start talking and you're going to start getting lots and lots of orders you know just just do it smart be safe don't work when you're sick Um, so you don't want to make anybody sick nobody does that on purpose right and I think that's something that's really important because
0: farmers think well I need to be out there I need to be doing something it's a rainy day we're going to go ahead and make jelly today even though I don't feel good
1: yep yeah, and that that will get you in trouble every time. So give yourself permission to take a day off when you don't feel well. Yes, especially, you know, we even tell we even tell the general public if you're sick, don't make your family food, you know, have somebody else do it. Get carry out. I don't, you know, but if you're sick, the chances you're going to make somebody else sick is very strong.
0: Okay. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. We'll have you back. I appreciate that. I know there's a bill in, in the Senate right now that's that's looking at cottage
1: food laws, so we may have an update later in the year. We may. We may. It says it's pending right now, so we'll wait and see. Okay. Um, there are no changes as of today, so we're all good. Excellent. Well, we'll have you back if, if there are changes.
0: Okay. I would we be. might
1: just have you back
0: just because. So That would be lovely. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, and please... Um, Click subscribe on your favorite podcast uh, subscriber, and we hope to, we hope you join us for the next one.